This is Top 12. Part 2 of the Pokemon Top 12. If you haven't seen Part 1... Uh, go see that first, because that's how things work. Unless you just want to hear the top six. No, go listen to the other one first. <laughs> you fool. Number six. Well, when we left off with uh, number seven, my number seven was Vulpix. My number six is the Alolan form of Vulpix. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> of course, the two Vulpixes are split across separate lists or I... separate videos, podcasts. I, I, what are we doing? What kind of show is this? <laughs> what is this? I should have known. I should have known Alolan Vulpix was going to make your list. Uh, I can't believe I didn't see this coming. So, Alolan Vulpix is just everything that I want. Well, clearly not everything, because otherwise it would be number one. But... Yeah, I actually... Yeah. Why is that not number one? <laughs> There are just a few things that just take a one step higher for one reason or another. All right, all right. We'll see. But it's it's Vulpix. It's everything that Vulpix has, but with the added benefit of instead of being fire, it's ice. Which I'm way more into like water and ice Pokemon than I am into fire Pokemon. Though, while making this list... At one point, I looked through what Pokemon I still had on the list and found out that 25% of them were fire types in one form or another. So, mm. maybe I like fire type Pokemon better than I thought, but... Yeah, yeah. But the Alolan Vulpix, the fur is white, right? Oh, yeah. Which I, I think you prefer over the red fur. I think that they both look really nice, but if I had to choose one over the other just based on the look, I would go with the white one. Right. Yeah. That Alolan Vulpix just seems like very you. Like, that's kind of... Yeah. Of course that's on your list. Of course. Um, I even... I went in... I went into a store a couple months ago... Just saw the an Alolan Vulpix plush, and then found myself having purchased it without realizing what I was doing. You just blacked out. I just basically blacked out, bought the plush, and then realized after the fact. The spirit of the nine-tailed fox possessed you. Essentially. Um, <laughs> well, my number six, maybe less obvious but what was my number seven uh zapdos right zapdos and so you think what tops zapdos well there's one pokemon to rule them all mew yeah mew is mew mew in my mind is just the ultimate pokemon as as, just like i said it's 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 the ultimate thing but then why do you have five things higher than it look i will you know what? I will explain that. I will address that in a minute. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I saw Mew as kind of the god of all Pokemon, like all powerful to to some degree. And I still, I still kind of see it that way. But I think of him 
more as like a Tom Bombadil kind of character where it's like he's Tom Bombadil is from the uh, Fellowship of the Rings if you're unfamiliar he didn't make any appearance in the movies but uh, played a part in the book right yeah but he's this incredible like incredibly powerful being but he's just got no real interest in in dealing with like other people's affairs and would just have like way more fun just floating around like hanging out being a mew and I, that's sort of how i see mew and i think of the pokemon movie the the original pokemon movie as kind of an example of this where like he shows up and because Mewtwo is there and it's that's kind of his problem to deal with like that Mew has been cloned or whatever and has to deal with this Mewtwo thing but like we don't really see Mew after that even though there's all these other Pokemon movies with all this other dramatic stuff going on because it's like I mean could Mew help probably does Mew care like not really because Mew's having a good time somewhere being a Mew. I just, I don't know. Bouncing on those bubbles. I think it's a really cute little floaty cat design thing. Like alien cat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I think alien cat is a good way of describing Mew. Or Mew too. I, either of them could be really described as alien cat thing. Well, Mew too is more like humanoid to an extent. Like... Um, he's just bigger, but like, I know people, I know people are saying like, oh, but Mew's not the most powerful Pokemon. Like, uh, in the game, Mew's stats aren't even that good compared to some other stuff. But like Mew, I think is a good example of like soft magic where I think Mew just being there, like being in Mew's presence can, can affect the outcome in a way that can't really be quantified in in like you know attack stats like i think mew has a lot of influence on the events of of the pokemon movie just by being in the vicinity of ash and and everything ash does um but maybe maybe that's just me maybe i'm crazy so here we head into the top five now i gotta start this one off strong Number five on my list is Eevee. Mm. If Now, I said in the first part that Vaporeon is my favorite evolution, But I don't count Eevee in that same category because Eevee has good design and its biggest strength is its versatility. If you get an Eevee, you can take it down any of the paths that you want. It has potential. It has potential. It has not unlimited potential, but more potential than any other Pokemon because of how many different evolutions you can take an Eevee to. Well, maybe Ditto could give it a run for its money, but yeah, more potential than it than than any other Pokemon. I think it's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, Eevee does have a good design. Um, I still prefer Jolteon 
over Eevee itself. But right, as far as design is concerned, I prefer uh, Vaporeon and probably uh, Espeon, Umbreon, and Jolteon, just from a pure like visual standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what gives Eevee that much of an edge is just the sheer directions that you can take Eevee into. Yeah. And they're still adding more. They you you had 3 originally, they added 2 in the second gen, they added 2 more in 4th gen, they added another one in what was it? 6th gen or 7th gen? No, 6th gen. Yeah. Sylveon. Sylveon was added in and then who knows? Maybe they'll add another one in 8th gen. Yeah, we don't have a rock type. We don't have a dragon type. Or a I, steel steel type. I like to point out dragon because of, someone once pointed out to me that if you're trying to remember physical versus special for the attack types before they had the split of uh, moves of the same typing could have different, whether they were physical attacks or special attacks... Mm-hmm. Before they split that up, uh, if you want to remember what typings counted as special, it was, is there an evolution for it, or is it dragon? Huh. That includes fairy? Well, fairy didn't exist until after the split. Oh, okay. True. But dragon's the only one but from the, the original? But dragon's the only typing from the first several games basically all the games till they added fairy dragon is the only typing that wasn't a special or that was a special attack type move set without having an evolution hmm that is uh interesting you might be onto something there all right so evie's your number five evie's my number five well I said I would explain it, and here we are, number five, Mewtwo. I know I said no Pokemon is is stronger than, or better than Mew, more legendary than Mew, um, but that's not what this list is about. This list is about favorites, and we've got five more to go, and Mewtwo is... Just about as epic as Mew, but looks way cooler and is just is just pretty awesome as a character. Going back to the original movie that you brought up, I think that that movie by itself created an unbreakable mental image for a lot of people about just how intense and incredible Mewtwo is. Yes. Okay, in that movie, he's... The the most interesting part about Mewtwo in that movie is how much we get to hear his thoughts and, like, his, his, like, feelings and things. Like, he's... He has an actual voice. Like, the only other Pokemon that I can think of that that talks is Meowth, but Meowth is, like, maybe a bit less interesting than Mewtwo. 
Mewtwo by far, I think, is the most intelligent character in that movie, Pokemon or human aside. Like he's he's clearly like incredibly smart and but also powerful. And I think his design reflects that. And I think his his portrayal in the movie is is spot on. And that's yeah. He's also like with without a doubt the most powerful thing um they had encountered up to that point in the series like it this this psychic creature has just taken control of of all of your pokemon like you know there there's all these trainers hanging out and they're they're almost you could see them debating of like oh my gyarados is the most powerful thing it's like no my charizard it's like no no no, no. None of those matter at all. I'm just going to control their minds because I'm that powerful and I'm, I have psychic abilities and I'm Mewtwo. Hello. Like, that's the introduction there. And it's like nothing that you have, no other Pokemon that you have matters at all because I, I will just take it from you and it'll be mine now. All right. Menacing but intelligent the best kind of villain. So for number four, my number four, uh, which you may or may not have expected to be on this list, is Star You. Huh. I thought that was going to be your number... Now I'm trying to think. I, I kind of thought it would be your number one, and now I'm... Or two. Number four. Okay, so You're... I've got you've got three more after this. This is Star You, though. Star you, right. So maybe Star Me is on this list. Maybe, maybe Star Me is on this list. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But after going through it, Star You just has good, simplistic design. It's just a five point... What What color is it? Like brown, orange? Um... Sort of a... Yeah, like what are colors? What are colors? A dark tan, orangish. Basically, uh, like a brown. Here we go with that with that brown color again. Just really pretty simplistic in its design. It's just it's just a starfish. That's right. basically what it is. It's a starfish, and it's got like a a gem in the center. Right. Super simplistic. Just love the design, water type, because, I mean... Starfish. Starfish. I don't know what else to say. It's just... I wasn't necessarily expecting Star U to to make it as high as it did. Huh. Okay. I feel like I'm learning some new things about your preferences that I didn't know. But still, number four is pretty high uh i think you you appreciate a good starfish pokemon i do appreciate a very good starfish pokemon i like stars i like fishes i like starfishes all right my number four sandshrew i know i know sandshrew uh is a weird choice to come after um what was it zapdos mew and mewtwo all in a row yeah yeah, Zapdos, Mew, Mewtwo, and all then, in a row. And then Sandshrew. And then Sandshrew. We're just moving up the ladder. Oh. Yeah, 
the 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 ultimate pinnacle <laughs> of Pokemon, Sandshrew, the the true legendary. I've I don't know. It's I've just always liked the design, and I I don't know if it's the neutral colors or or what, but I I also feel like a closeness to Sandshrew, and yeah, I just like seeing them and stuff. Um, I. I don't remember what it was exactly. I think it was maybe a short, but I remember there was one, um, there was this one scene where Sandshrew was like running away and then like faced a brick wall and was perfectly camouflaged with the brick wall. (laughs) I I always remember that when I'm thinking about Sandshrews. Just a good little, uh, good little guy. Plus he can like roll up into a ball which is is always great i unlike the zapdos and um jolteon i really like sandshrew a lot better than sandslash because i think the the spikes on sandslash are just kind of overkill yeah i think that that design works better for an electric type than it does for sandslash yeah I mean, part of it is just, I think, Sandshrew is, is like, cuter, and, like, you you could imagine picking up a Sandshrew and giving it a hug, whereas Sandslash, it's like, oh, you're just a spike ball. Right. Well, like I was saying uh, in the last part, you've got the first forms are designated the cute ones, and later forms are designated as the intense like deadly ones yeah but those those ones just come off as less friendly i think to some extent right anyway sandshrew all around great pokemon okay so number three here is going to be the biggest upset surprise it was it was a surprise for me because i've done a top list of I think I I think I wrote out at one point my my top 30 Pokemon and this Pokemon wasn't even in that top 30. Hmm. But they were in the running back then. They just didn't make it that high and taste I guess change. I, mean... I guess I've just grown to appreciate it more and more over time. Either that or I've just become more nostalgic. Um Number three on my list is Furret. Oh, that is a high-up non-first-gen Pokemon. That is a high-up non-first-gen Pokemon. And it's not, even, it's not even like the Alolan form Vulpix, because, I mean, that's just a first-gen Pokemon that's disguised. Right, right. This is, this is a, this is a second-gen Pokemon that made it all the way to number three on my list, which I did not expect to ever happen but furret and i have a history Mm -hmm. with silver version i had a team that took me all the way through and then i left the game alone for a while and because of the way that they store the save files and the battery it died and I lost my entire save. I lost my whole team. Right. 
Tragic. And... I remember that. The only Pokemon that I had a strong enough connection to to actually remember being part of my original team were my starter, which was Chikorita. Of course. And, well, Meganium by that point. Yeah. And Furret. Furret was your your surf, right? Right. I, I surfed on Furret. And I used to think it was funny when I would think back and be like, oh, I was surfing on this little little ferret creature. But then I looked up how the size of a ferret. Ferrets are several feet long. They are actually fairly large. So I could actually see myself riding a ferret. What's the height of a ferret? Isn't it like seven foot? I want to say they're like five or six foot, but I could be wrong. Let me look it up really quick. Five foot eleven. Right, so that's like, like, adult man. Right, that's like adult man, but it's a ferret. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that's that's um, I I kind of like your comical idea of like small ferret creature. Right, the small ferret creature, but. No, no, I was actually surfing with this six-foot-tall ferret. And then, to top all of that off, ferret just has a really cute design. Like, you wouldn't get that from Sentreat. It's a earlier form, which I think just looks ugly. As this weird, like, rabbit-eared, raccoon-tailed, squirrel-thing ball. Oh, yeah, that's... That's one of those ones where, kind of like Venonat and like Butterfree, where it looks like weirdly like they don't match up. Like that one almost looks like it should turn, it, it almost looks more similar to like Hoot Hoot than Furret in some ways. Like it's not even like furry really. Yeah. I, that is that is strange. I never realized those two... Um, I guess that it's going to give away how much second gen I've played, which is actually a fair amount on Crystal, but um, I, I actually didn't realize those two were connected. I'd seen them independently and and just never made the connection because uh, they don't look very similar. They really don't. But but yeah, Furret, number three. All right. My number three, I I think on the average person's list, like... If we were to just collect everyone's list and average them out, I think my number three would probably be the average person's number one. Um, Ooh, I kind of want to guess now. Yeah, do you want to take a take a guess? I'm gonna guess Charizard. Yep, there it is. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, arguably the most iconic aside from Pikachu. Like Charizard is just. Like Charizard and Pokemon go hand in hand. He's just he's just epic. Um, plus, just essentially a dragon. Like it's crazy how he's kind of the most basic design. Where like someone was thinking, oh, we want um, a game where there's like different types of monsters and things. And it's like, oh, what kind of monster? I don't know, a dragon. Like that's that seems like very like, initial brainstorming 
of ideas of what Pokemon could be. And yet somehow he's still like the most, I mean, he's still the best. It, it doesn't matter how cliche he is as being like this flying fire type. Right. Still awesome. Um, I don't know. I have a lot to say about Charizard. I guess to start or say, I, in the same way that you have a personal connection with Ferret. Fer- Ferret? <laughs> yes, I have a personal connection with Ferrets. Of yeah. course. As we're recording this, he's actually covered in ferrets. They're just crawling all over him. They're very quiet. Um, is In the same way that you have a personal connection with Ferret, I think I've, I've got a very strong personal connection with Charizard. Uh, my first Pokemon, uh, when I was playing Blue version, was Charmander. And he very quickly evolved into a Charizard. Of course, I, w- I was really little when this when all this was happening, so I I didn't really know where to go most of the time when I was playing Blue Version. I mean, I still don't when I play video games. A lot of times, you're like my walkthrough. Right. I'm the living walkthrough for video games. I just have maps. My brain doesn't store normal information. It stores game maps. Right. And, and guides. And, and I'm very familiar with that, so... So I just free up the space. It's like I don't need this. I'll just I'll just ask you when I don't know where to go. Um, so I, but I, when I was very small, we didn't have this system down in the same way we have it today. So I just didn't know where to go and didn't didn't know to to be like fighting the gyms and things. So uh, Charizard very quickly stopped listening to me. Because once they reach higher levels, if you don't have enough gym badges, they won't they won't listen to what you tell them to do. Which was was great though, because I would be like Charizard, use flamethrower, and he'd be like, Nah, I'm gonna use cut or whatever. Which that's a whole that's a whole other story. But um, he it, it's still it kind of added to to the connection though, because it was like he had some personality. He didn't he didn't always want to listen to what I thought he should do. I mean, he would usually destroy things in one hit regardless, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. But out, outside of the, the, um, the game, if we look at, at the show, um, Charizard obviously has a huge role in the anime, but when I think back on, on my memories of the show, the moment with Charizard that stands out the most to me has got to be from the third Pokemon movie, which, if you don't remember, was the movie with Entei. Um, and there's a scene where I don't really know how Charizard... I can't really remember how Charizard even knew Ash was in trouble. Because, okay, back... A little bit of backstory here. Ash ended up leaving his Charizard at this, like, Charizard sanctuary place. Which is, of course, the show's way of conveniently um, emptying his team so they can put all of the new shiny Pokemon. So, like, look, get all these Pokemon. These are the ones that Ash is using. Right, right. Yeah, he's got to discard his his old Gen 1 Pokemon. That way they can show off all the Gen 2 and Gen 3 Pokemon he's collecting. Like, (laughs) but that's, I guess, a nice way of, of just throwing away your old friend. 
is leaving he's leaving him behind at a uh, Charizard sanctuary because that's where Charizard wants to be with all the other Charizards. One of these days we'll find out about Primate being the uh, the true champion that he was uh, left behind to train to become. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Primate champion fighter. They really should go back and clean up some of those old uh plot lines that they left open-ended. Um I mean, they got Misty her bike in the end, right? Oh yeah. And then she immediately left. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, so he so Charizard's at this Charizard sanctuary and somehow he just he hears whispers on the wind of Ash being in trouble and he and he up and leaves and he flies off and he, here in the Pokemon movie Entei is is like having this conflict with Ash and like it's almost like an argument and then it ends up Ash is falling off a cliff and Charizard swoops in catches Ash like saving his life He's not even he's he's not even on his team at this point really. He's been out of the show for a while. Um and then he he after showing up there's Entei who is a legendary pokemon and Charizard just fights him and is like going head to head with this legendary and in one of probably the most epic fight in all of pokemon. It's I mean that's my memory of it anyways is they go head to head for a while and Charizard holds his own. Like he's by no means should be able to against a legendary, but Charizard, I mean, not only saves Ash's life and I think Pikachu's life, but also just fights this legendary. Like it's nothing. I, I, I don't know. Charizard's it's hard. It's hard to beat that as far as being, an, an all-around awesome Pokemon. Well, now you're making me regret that I haven't seen that movie because I've seen every like I've seen the first five movies or so except that one. I could have sworn you'd seen. I don't know when I saw it that you didn't, but it must have. I think it was like when it was new, probably. And I don't know how you weren't there, or maybe if you just don't really remember. But yeah. uh I'm just just saying I don't remember a scene in the anime where where Venusaur or Blastoise take on a legendary. I just I don't recall that that scene. Well, that's because Ash didn't have a Venusaur or a Blastoise. He just had Squirtle and the Bulbasaur. Charmander was the only one allowed to evolve. Is that right? He he is uh didn't his Squirtle evolve? No. Hmm. Well, that might have something to do with it too. <laughs> Anyway, it's it's the most obvious choice. Like I said, I think it's a lot of people's number ones, but it's well-earned. Number three, Charizard. So, my top two, I am not 100% sure if they were the same top two as the last list I made, because I lost that list. But I'm almost certain that they are, because I feel like these two have been my top two for as long as I can remember. And number two itself uh, is actually a favorite Pokemon of several of my friends, uh, Haunter. 
Ah, so I had Gengar as my number 12, and here you are with Haunter as number two. Haunter as number two. Because Gengar is is nice looking, and Ghastly is alright, but Haunter is a weird situation where the middle evolution is actually not just this awkward stage between the cute and the menacing because they're ghosts they're designed to be menacing all the way through to some degree yeah and you've got this great design of just the floating ball that's more physical than just the gas that is ghastly right but it's still it's spectral it's got the the floating hands and the sort of purple spikes. So Gengar just isn't ghostly enough, and Ghastly is lacking in shape and definition. I can see that, yeah. The Gengar almost has too much shape for a ghost with his arms and legs. Right. I mean, the idea behind the form is basically becoming more corporeal, Becoming a more of a physical entity as it evolves. Hmm. Yeah. But Gengar, Gengar went a little too far to where it's essentially fully corporeal, at least in visual aspect. And then on top of all of that, you have to take into consideration that when these games first came out, the idea of having to trade away a Pokemon in order for it to evolve wasn't really, like, a thing people necessarily thought about. Yeah, it wasn't as, like... That's the thing with a lot of modern games compared to, like, back in the day. Like, people these days playing Pokemon know that's a thing and they're prepared for it and they either intend to trade with a friend to do that or trade with themselves because they have multiple copies of the game or whatever. Like, that's the kind of... thing that people read on wikis and and just know about whereas in back in the day like people didn't really know what was in the game other than just what they were able to find in the game and what they were able to figure out like not everybody had a strategy guide to tell them what did what and how how to evolve your pokemon right and so for a lot of people there was no third form there was you had Ghastly, and it evolved into Haunter, and Haunter was this ghost pinnacle that was the ghost Pokemon, since there was only Ghastly and Haunter and Gengar in the first generation games. Right. I, okay, <laughs> this is a weird comparison, but my feelings towards the first gen ghost Pokemon are very similar to my feelings towards the Cornetto trilogy. Where I think the first one, it's obviously you got to start somewhere, but I don't actually like it that much. And then I think the second one is amazing. And I think the third one is just a little bit better. But that's me personally. And I can easily see how someone else might think that, uh, you know, the second form is actually just a little bit better than... Right. I mean, I agree with you on the Cornado trilogy, but... (laughs) <laughs> but as far as ghost but as pokemon, far as ghost pokemon go like they're they could go either way 
And I'm sure there are people who like Ghastly better than the other two. Just like there are people who like the first movie better than the other two. Yeah. I mean, those people are wrong. But Haunter, I do, you do raise some good points about him being a little bit less corporeal than Gengar with his like floating Rayman hands. Right. Uh, yeah. Great, great uh, choice. I was not expecting... I was not expecting that from you this this high up on your list. I thought really? I thought if if you had a ghost Pokemon on there, it would be around where mine was. I guess I just assumed that you, that that we would think similarly. But it's it's actually interesting that I there was a there was a period when I was going through my last several and like rearranging them, whittling them down. There was a point where my top 12 was half ghost Pokemon, including newer generation ghost Pokemon. Mm, but all the other ones got pushed out. But all of the other ones slowly got pushed out. Very interesting. Yeah, ghost Pokemon, as I said with Gengar, I think ghost Pokemon have, have an advantage in the uniqueness of them because they're just rare enough to be really cool when you come across one. Plus, it's it's a little bit different from just like a, a standard element kind of Pokemon, like fire or water. Like it, it's it's just it's got a little bit more story, kind of naturally built in. Right. Like this is, like, I mean, the more you want to look into it, like this is essentially some Pokemon died at some point to create this Pokemon, or some human, or some human, and. That's very different from just like, oh, this is a lizard which can breathe fire. Like, yeah, there's less, much less story just inherent. Okay, so I guess you want to know my number two then? Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this because I have no idea what your top two are. I went into this knowing what my top two probably would be and figuring that you would either know or remember my top two from just general discussions in the past. But no. But no, you didn't remember my second, so... All right, I know a lot of my list has been Gen 1 so far. And Legendaries. Well, all Gen 1 Legendaries. All Gen 1 Legendaries. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, a lot of it's been Gen 1. Uh, But... It might be a surprise to some people that my favorite starter is actually from Gen 2. Cyntaquil. I forgot that you were going to probably have this one on your list. Yeah, I I knew I liked Cyntaquil, and the more I thought about it, I realized it is genuinely my favorite starter. Like, I have a lot of connections to Charmander being my, my first and I do like Bulbasaur a lot, but Cyndaquil, if we're just talking first forms, Cyndaquil is the best. I don't really care for Cyndaquil's evolved forms, as opposed to like Charmander, where I actually, I do like Charizard a lot. Um, so that's... Nobody ever talks about Charmeleon. He's the weird stepchild. Well, I think I used to like Charmeleon more than I did, or than I do now, because I've, I used to think he was kind of cool... But now I realize he's just like that typical um, anime character 
or like cartoon character being cool where it's like you're actually just a jerk you're just like you're right. you're cool you your idea of cool is not very cool um and i would much rather have like this like protective guardian charizard or this like uh cute little like infant to take care of that is charmander that it like looks looks up to you and is like very loving like that i would way rather have than like the moody teenager that is charmeleon (laughs) but um that aside cintiquil is great i love the name and the design like i i think a lot of a lot of later gen pokemon um get some slack for having cheesy names or like just like they're running out of ideas and they they just make whatever they can think of into a pokemon i think cyntiquil is is not even close to that i think i think it's very a very creative design and and um yeah it's it's good i i agree uh i didn't have that many starters that made it to the last round of me eliminating things but i did have cyndaquil on there yeah i i've always liked cyndaquil but i think what really solidified like me realizing that he's so high up on my list was when i played super mystery dungeon on the 3ds um there's this quiz at the beginning of that game that is supposed to determine based on your personality and whatnot what pokemon you are from a list of it's mostly starters it's just like whatever the options are for for pokemon you can play as uh and i just without knowing anything about the quiz i just tried to answer honestly and i got cyntaquil as my uh as my player and that just reminded me of how great cyntaquil is and yeah i think if i was a a real Pokemon trainer, I think I would probably want Cyntaquil to be my, um, to be my starter. Well, I'd want it to be like Pikachu where, where he never evolves, but continues to get more powerful. Um, if I was going to have one that would evolve, I might be better off with. Right. I've got, I've got thoughts on that too. I've got starters that I would like as a starter to keep as the starter form or even the second form forever. And then I've got these, I've got starters that I'd want to evolve all the way. I'm, I'm serious about with the uh, sun. I plan to never evolve my, my, uh, Litten past second form. <laughs> I do not need a wrestler traveling with me. I want a cat. That's that's what I want. That's what I've got. Yeah, that evolution took a weird turn. Cat, bigger cat, wrestler. And then isn't he not a fighting type? He's not type? a fighting type. He's a dark type. That doesn't make any sense. It's because of so many fire fighting types and they wanted to make something different. Yeah, that's that's frustrating cuz they didn't make something different, so they should have kept it with the type that it made sense with. Anyway, yeah, before we get all the before Pokemon we, fanboys angry at us. Before we we get off on that tangent, let's do some honorable mentions. Right. Uh, do you want to take turns on this, or...? Uh, well, you should go first, because I've only got two, and I feel like you've got more. I've got four. 
worth mentioning, essentially. I mean, two of them are pairs. First up is uh, uh, Ekans and Arbok are on here as honorable mentions just because of the brilliance of taking words and reversing them and making that be the name. <laughs> brilliant. If you yes, if you've never if you've never noticed Ekans is actually just the word snake spelled backwards. And Arbok is cobra. Yep. You just got to flip the letters, just spell it backwards. It was incredible the first time that someone pointed that out to me. Yeah. I think a lot of people um kind of diss it as being like not very creative, but I don't know. It I think at the time that hadn't been done a lot and I mean, it still to this day fools people like I know a lot of people who didn't know anything about Pokémon recently learned a little bit about about it because of the popularity of Pokémon Go. You know, a lot of people who never played Pokémon were running around catching first gen Pokémon and I don't think most of them noticed that that Ekans was snake backwards. I I remember I pointed it out to to someone and they were just just as blown away. Um so as as much as people like to diss that for being like haha they just couldn't think of a name and they wrote words backwards thinking they were creative like i think i think it works i think those are are solid names yeah i mean if you notice it on your own then it doesn't seem as impressive but if you don't notice it and only find out about it because someone else points it out to you it sticks out as more impressive just from having fooled you personally. Yeah, especially especially if you're just playing the game for a long time and and like you go a while without noticing it. Like if your first introduction to Pokémon or first gen Pokémon was like reading like a wiki page about them and it says right on the first line that it's like snake spelled backwards and it's like, "Oh, well then there was never a period of time where it had the opportunity to fool you. But I think for most people in the way that they experience the games, it's, um, or the show. Yeah. That's, that's a worthy honorable mention. Plus like Jesse had, uh, Ekans. Which evolved into Arbok. Mm. You got another one? Oh yeah. I've got another pair actually. Uh, so another pair that I've got on here is, uh, Voltorb and Electrode. Because they are literally just the Pokeball as a living Pokemon. Mm. And not only is that like super simplistic, really basic, just again, you could think of it as lazy, but... The brilliance and the reason why I feel they're worth mentioning as an honorable mention is because of, in the first end games, when you were walking around, you would see Pokeballs on the ground that were items. And you would go over and uh, hit A to pick up the item, and you would just get whatever it was, be it a TM, a potion, uh, actual Pokeball... Right. But an area that you can get to in the later game 
the power plant, you're just going around the power plant and you see the Pokeballs and you're like, oh, free items. There's a lot of items here. And you go up to one and bam, they hit you with a Pokemon battle because that item was not an item. It was a Voltorb. (laughs) And they just had Voltorbs and I think some Electrodes that were just pretend... Basically, they were just on the map as items. And so if you went around and picked up every item in the power plant, you would end up fighting five Voltorbs and two Electrodes or something like that. That's great. Just because they looked like Pokeballs and the Pokeballs are how they showed items on the map. Yeah, I have to be honest here. I can't really back you up in the same way I was with uh, Ekans and Arbok. I think I personally do think that it's a little bit lazy design-wise to have the Pokeball and like kind of nonsensical but i get, i guess i get it i just they're not my favorites um especially electro cuz like the colors aren't are switched which like if you're going to have a pokeball um as a pokemon at least have the colors in the correct way i don't know right not not a fan but mostly it was on there for the item thing. I do appreciate that item thing. Um, yeah, it would be great to think like, oh, I'll get this free item and then you have to fight this Voltorb. That's that's good. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Wind Waker when you break the jar and the pig guy jumps out of it to fight you. Right. It's like you think like, oh, I'm playing Zelda. I'm just going to pick up these jars and smash them to get the gems. It's like, no, there was a, there was a monster in that one. So what do you have for honorable mentions? Okay, so as you said earlier, uh, you were referring back to a previous time when you tried to, to rank them. Right. Um, I previously had ranked all of the original 151 Pokemon in a, in a big list, um, and I couldn't find it for, for a while. I was going to use it as sort of a base to... to um, referred to when making this list and I, but I couldn't find it until about the time that I was finishing up on my list I actually came across it and it's it is very different actually is I think I'm much happier with with this top 12 list than I am with that that old one I I for one thing like Charmeleon I think was much higher up than than he should be and various other differences but um but to, to my surprise, I, when I scrolled all the way down, I found number 151 on that list. The very bottom spot was Cloyster. And what? there is no way that Cloyster is that low anymore. Um, I think previously I just saw Cloyster as sort of like a nothing. Like I didn't have much opinions one way or the other so it's like those are obviously the ones that were at the bottom of the list i think uh execute was pretty pretty far down and um electrode was was also down there um but cloister i feel is is worthy of an honorable mention here as in part as an apology for being so low on that previous list because uh, Cloyster was actually in the running 
for for this one, like easily top forty. Of, Easily of all Pokemon, not just first gen, and I most of most of my opinion on Cloyster it comes from recently I played the game Pokemon Quest, which is sort of a um, it's like a mostly idle Pokemon game that's come out more recently. Um, it's free to play. It focuses on like a cooking element, but also focuses on building your team and you equip your team with different stones which give them different abilities and essentially I came up with this strategy which I use um to I actually used to um to like beat my way through the last couple levels of that of that um game and and defeat Mewtwo at the end um and the the key element to that strategy is Cloister. My Cloister in Pokemon Quest only has one move, and it's it raises the defense. And I've got it equipped with stones that will share that defense, or share that that status effect, onto my other people, other members of the team. So plus on top of that, Cloister's got like some of the highest HP out of all of my Pokemon in that game. And so it's just those things combined. Cloyster is is my tank. And the one Pokemon that I will never take off that team because it's it's too important. Like with that strategy and with Cloyster carrying the team, I could I can beat levels that are thousands of points higher than what the game tells me I should be able to to win at. Um and just I think that alone I've bonded and become a lot more appreciative of Cloyster. So that's my honorable mention, uh, Cloyster. So I've got one more pair and then an individual one. But if you remember, I said for a while, half of my list was ghosts. My last honorable mentions go out to some of the ghost types that I more recently discovered and wanted to put on my list for one reason or another, but just couldn't bring myself to put them on the list. So first first we have Litwick, which is just super basic design. It's just a living candle. Yes, okay, this one I came across too, and I kind of wanted to put it on my list as well, but there's just too much. There's, everything gets pushed down, because, um, you know you got to narrow it down that's that's the whole thing here right but i do litwick i had i had seen the the um the chandelier one i forget the name um i don't remember right i thought i thought that was kind of cheesy i thought it was i thought it was over designed yeah but i think litwick make me appreciate it a lot more right i i i appreciate like this simplicity of of the ghost candle. And and I could see where, you know, if you're trying to evolve a candle, that's where you would go with it, but in in my attempts to try and keep Litwick on my list longer, I looked up some Pokédex entries and Litwick doesn't have much in the way of Pokédex entries, but they basically all say the same thing of the light from its candle is powered by energy that it takes 
from human or humans or Pokemon that come near it. It mm. basically absorbs energy and life force from creatures that come towards it to power a candlelight. <laughs> it's a little leech. It's a little little energy leech. Litwick has lifelink. So there's that one. Now, the other... My final honorable mention has to go out to not Golem, but the two ghost-type Pokemon that are based at very heavily by their design on Golems. So I don't know if you've seen uh, Golet or Golurk. I don't remember just off the name. Do you have a picture? Uh, I can get one real quick. Huh. So that's Golette. Okay. So, yeah. That's actually more of what I would picture with a um, a golem more so than the Pokemon golem. Right. And that's Golurk. Yeah. And that's, that's the Evolve form? That's the Evolve form. Yeah. Okay, good. Because that's just like a buffer version of the previous one. Right. Right. And it's just... And they're they're ghost ground, but they're just such good designs of literally golems in like the traditional mythological sense, fantasy, whatever. Yeah, it's it's like a, a fantasy golem, like in the sense that it's a it's like a guardian made out of a thing, like it's made out of rocks, and it's like it looks like it's ready to to fight someone. And it's kind of humanoid shaped. It's it's way um, way more of a golem than the round turtle thing. Said to have been invented by ancient people to serve as a as a laborer. Huh. So it's it's quite possible that this literally is a golem. Yeah, and they've just they've managed to survive on uh, from those times, and are recognized as like one of many Pokemon. Right. Aren't like Porygons man-made? As yeah, well? but por- they're they're more of made with with like science and modern yeah, technology, and computers, programming. These Pokemon were probably made with magic. Probably, uh, that's a that's a vast universe there that Pokemon uh, allows for. So, all what, right, what gets your final honorable mention to yeah. close us out of the honorable mentions? Yeah, um, I just. While we're here, I feel obligated to mention that um, Zigzagoon, like, I, I I know, as a lot of listeners may know, I'm very fond of raccoons, and I think I had to mention here, I am aware that there is a raccoon Pokemon. Um, I just, its design just wasn't good enough for me to make the list. Um, I think it's too... I don't know if it's the zigzags or also it's it's like brown and I if it was gray I think it would score more points with me as far as like a raccoon design. Weren't we just talking about they needed to use brown more? It's a good color. Oh wait, hang on. Uh, brown, that was the last part. Like brown and green is a good co- combination. And I, I was just saying, you know, more grass types and things. More more color combination. But, rather than just solid colors. Yeah, but if if you're making a raccoon, I know that like they're Japanese and they're probably thinking more like tanukis. Right. But I I just I think it would be higher on my list if it was more of a Sly Cooper design and less of a Zigzagoon. 
Um, it's still, you know, higher than... It's above average, but there's no way it could make it onto the top 12. Yeah. Fun name, though. It is a fun name. All right. Well, I'll start, since I've got the obvious one that we kind of half gave away, uh, whether you meant to or not. Uh, my number one is Starmie. I know, big big surprise from you. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like I talk about Starmie as the best Pokemon all the time. I think um, I knew so well that you liked Starmie that I expected your top two to be Starmie and Staryu. Right. So I, I was surprised to see Staryu lower on the list. And I also kind of just was not expecting Haunter to be that high up because... He just gets overshadowed. Um, yeah. Come to think of it, I would have also predicted Ponyta being on your list somewhere. Ponyta was on the list for the longest time as I was going through and finishing off. And only just barely got knocked out of the bottom of it in the last, like, five or ten Pokemon that I was going through. Yeah, I know we already mentioned several times, uh, but that was probably where Espeon and Umbreon were for me. Or Espeon, yeah, I think. Es- Espeon, Espeon was literally um, number like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Espeon like higher than than Umbreon for me as well. But um, but yeah, just not quite not quite high enough. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, when I was going through and uh, did a final shuffling of things at the end, Vaporeon actually was held the number 13 spot, and, uh, and Ninetales held, held the number 12 spot for basically the entire time I was going through the last... 75 or so pokemon and rearranging them till i had my top 12 and then at the very end with vaporeon in the number 13 spot it it just sort of shuffled its way up as did nine tails a little bit mm. yeah yeah sometimes you you really gotta look at a list and think like do i like this one more than that one you know, in in that way, you can kind of shuffle them around slightly right at the end. Um, but I didn't mean to detract and get into meta list talk and uh, more like extra honorable mentions. Uh, you were you right. were Starmie. Starmie. Starmie is essentially Star You, but the colors. I like the colors more. Mm-hmm. A slightly more elaborate design, but not like overdone yeah just basically star you but bigger better and nicer looking yeah i I can agree with that yeah like they added to the design but they didn't overdo it right and it's obviously well within your preferred typing obviously obviously uh little known little known thing uh, since I've been so focused on talking about how much I like water types and, and ice types, uh, my other favorite type is Psychic. But you wouldn't know that from the list that actually made it. 
Basically, my top two types are water and psychic. But uh, Golduck couldn't hold out. Uh, Mew and Mewtwo were both right at the end, top like 20, 25. Yeah. Uh, Kadabra. I know a lot of people probably like Alakazam. Yeah, I had Alakazam uh, in the running on mine. Uh, a lot higher, but I, I just... Something about Kadabra just sticks out better for me. Hmm. All of these psychic types just... And and water types that are associated with psychic stuff just sort of squeaked out uh, just barely outside of the top 12. Uh, like I said, Espeon was like 14. But Starmie, water, psychic... Sort of the the best of both worlds, as far as typing is concerned. Yeah. All right. So that's my number one. Now, I have no idea what your number one would be, because even trying to think... We, we had conversations about Pokemon that you liked. I knew you liked... I, I knew you liked Chespin. I knew you liked uh, Cyndaquil. I should have remembered that you liked Esper because I sort of sort of knew that at one point but I'm and I and and Charizard of course I'm out of ideas I don't know what your first choice could possibly be all right here it is number one Pokemon uh of all time all generations Cubone Oh, how could I forget Cubone? <laughs> He's just such a lonely boy. He's I know like a lot of people are, are like familiar with his his backstory from the Pokédex entries and stuff about wearing his mother's skull on his head or whatever. And it's like that's kind of cool. Um and it adds to it, but that's that's not really where I'm coming from. He's just his whole like personality and just he's just such a mood like i don't know how else to explain but um yeah i just i love his aesthetic and like i know he's a little bit edgy with like the skull and stuff but i think um because his his skin is more of like a tan color i think he 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 gets much more of a like like a western cowboy kind of vibe more so than if like if he had black skin with the skull he would he would be seen as like much more edgy and and just that would be like less i guess less appealing to me but i i don't know i i like i like cubone he's sad a lot but he's got good reason like it's he's not just he's not like charmeleon where he's just being moody for no reason like like he's wearing his mother's skull on his head like he's had he's had a time um but it also means that like when cubone is happy like it's it's the most pure thing and it's like really just a genuine happy little pokemon you know like because he's sad so much that when he is happy he really he really means it um and i've got I've even got a little happy Cubone uh, keychain uh, on on my keys, so I can 
I can carry him around with me. Uh, he's it's Cubone's just the best, and I just relate a lot to Cubone, and that's my number one. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that was our top twelve uh, Pokemon. Hope you enjoyed, and if you did, uh, don't worry. We've got several more planned. Uh, I don't know if I should say what the next one is. Uh, we'll hold off on on saying it. But uh, definitely going to be something very different. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be quite a variety, but a lot of them are going to be tending towards nerdier stuff. And, like, we'll definitely have more Pokemon lists in the future. We have to lean towards what we know, because you can't really make a list on stuff you don't know. But the topics will vary, so... As you'll find out uh, next time that we do Top 12... Until then.